Hello and welcome to Roll Out the Barrel, the show hosted by two UK fans of the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, I'm Sean, you can find me on Twitter at Haders here, and with me as ever is my baseball buddy, Mark Lewis, who you can find on Twitter at UK Brew Crew. How are you, Mark? Uh, I'm very well, thank you. Um, what about yourself? You're certainly a little bit hoarse. You, uh, yeah, you suffering well, a little bit, or <laughs> you know, I'm okay now. I was. Um, it's been a. It's been a, obviously we should have done this pod maybe a week or so ago, but um, yeah, I was down the the cricket watching England play New Zealand or watching England lose to New Zealand, and um, yeah, I think uh, I obviously shouted a lot more than I realised because uh, <laughs> yeah, when I woke up the next day, I was. Uh, I was talking a bit like Barry White. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, there was a lot of time to catch up on, I guess, wasn't there? Because when was the last time you went to a live sporting event? Oh, mate, it was, well, I'm trying to work it out. 18 months, 16 months. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, a long, long time. And I've got to say that even though, you know, from a, the cricket point of view, it was pretty ordinary. Um, it was just a party. People yeah. almost weren't too bothered about the score. It was just... The sun, it was just th- what, 30, 32 degrees. It felt like it was roast. That's obviously centigrade. Um, it was roasting hot. Yeah, plenty of beer, plenty of sport, just meeting up with friends. And yeah, did, no, it was just. Go with Mike as well. Because I, I, yeah. I saw pictures of Mike after day one because he went to four days, was it? Or five? <laughs> yeah, Mike went to two. And the other son, Matt, went to, th- to three days. But So Mike, uh, the UK Cubs guy, uh, yeah, he uh, he went as well. And because he's uh, redheaded, he got uh, slightly burned. But <laughs> now, nah, you know what, mate? It was just great. And people were hugging. And yeah, there was. It was one of those experiments by the government where there was no social distancing in force. So um, there was 18,000 people there and you had to wear masks uh, on the way in and out. And you we all had to do um, a lateral flow test before. Yeah. But apart from that, there were no other restrictions. So obviously they're going to monitor now the spread of uh, the virus, I suppose, after that. But um, yeah, it was mate, it, it was just fantastic. It was really, really good. Um, and then, of course, last night, and I know this is a, pod, a baseball podcast and we'll get on to that in a minute, but. Uh, we're still um, reeling as well from uh, that awful England uh, display against Scotland last night in the European. Yes, yeah. I mean, there was nothing really to celebrate, was there? So uh, that's why this morning we're not suffering. <laughs> in both yeah, of us are yeah. drinking, drinking coffee, thinking we should be mass, like ha- having massive hangovers. But actually, I've just woken up this morning and gone there. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, to be honest, I mean... It's one of those things. Is it's a derby game, so derby games are always different to um, to any other game, and and form is irrelevant. Uh, and it's it's we see that in baseball, don't we? You know, I mean, we play the Pirates, we play the Cubs, we play St Louis. Form goes out the window when you play in those teams, and um, yeah, that was very evident last night. Scotland were up for it, and England were just trying to do enough to get by. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, I think Scotland got slightly slightly uh did slightly better than england so i know they yeah. were happy with a nil nil we weren't but <laughs> what can you yeah, do well, we like that so was the main thing wasn't so. a loss <laughs> no, yeah, exactly yeah. So. and i know that the the uk uh books uh twitter account uh is a chap from uh, edinburgh so uh he's, yes. he was well happy with that last night and yeah, I, yeah. I saw I some banter between you two on twitter as well which was yeah. great Oh yeah, yeah. I, I obviously talk to him quite a lot at the moment because of uh, the Bucks in the uh, the playoff scenario. So I think they've got their game seven tonight of their yeah, uh, the playoff game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're over in Brooklyn, aren't they, at the moment? So fingers crossed that there's some good news coming out of uh, Milwaukee tonight. 
fingers crossed. Yeah, let's hope so, mate. Yeah, let's hope so. It's certainly, we could do it at the moment because uh, the recent run of form um, for for the Brewers isn't great. So um, we're going to get into that a little bit in, in a second. But um, we've had a sad parting from the club. We traded for JP, uh, JP Fireisen and uh, Andrew Rasmussen for Willie Adamis. Um, and, of course, Richards, but he seems a bit of a sideshow side, side uh, player. Very, very sad to see JP go, obviously, because, you know, we had a chat with him, and he's seen a really good guy. He's a, he's a River Falls knight. Yadda, yadda. I know we spoke about it at Infinitum, but, yeah, just really gutted to see him go at a time when I felt he was really starting to deliver for us. Yeah, I mean, I think for the first time since I've been following the Brewers, I was really, really gutted to see a player go. I think that was... That was how I felt. That the night that that news broke, I just sat there and went, "Oh, that's really really annoying." <laughs> yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I mean, all credit to Adamus. I mean, he's come in and he's done an amazing job. But yeah, just JP Fireisen just started to become sort of one of my favourite players. And and you know, his uh, his stats were looking really good. He was doing really well for the team. And and that's possibly why we were able to surprise Adamus from from um, Tampa Bay, um, because obviously we got him at his peak price. Uh, or, or we managed to, to trade JP at his peak price. So, yeah, it, it was a shame for, for us, let's say, particularly as, as, you know, JP was the first kind of brewer to, to give us time of day, really, um, and kind of really helped on track this year, I suppose, with the podcast and, and sort of getting involved with the fans again and, and stuff like that. So I think the last time I felt that gutted was when Bobby Zamora was traded to Tottenham Hotspur um from Brighton and Hove Albion you know when when we were an up-and-coming little club and and we had this fantastic striker that was was banging in goals left right and center and then all of a sudden the Premier League club comes in and poaches him so you know, uh, was the yeah. way, mate. I, the big yeah, boys always I was gonna say that that's that's not saying that Tampa Bay are the, are the big boys but do you know what I mean it that 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 just kind of to show how how kind of gutted I was I literally sat there that night going oh I've just bought a fire icing shirt what am I going to do <laughs> exactly yeah. yeah didn't you buy a Sogard shirt last year as well <laughs> yeah yeah I was thinking about you know what mate one. whenever you're getting a shirt let me know what name you're having on the back and I won't buy that yeah, shirt because you see there's a bit of a pattern developing here isn't yeah, there yeah <laughs> who do we want to get rid of next <laughs> but you know and you know yeah obviously JP I mean is he all right still down at 0.71 by the way down at Tampa so he's still doing a great job there yeah, yeah. um but also drew rasmussen last couple of seasons we've spoke and most other fans have agreed that the brewers bullpen has been extremely strong we really ripped out two big arms out of the pen there um in and certainly in terms of potential as i said jp seems to be on an upward trajectory for me drew rasmussen again breaking in big time into the majors and um a lot of brewers fans are excited about him and what he could deliver for us yeah, overnight, bang, sort of two big arms out the pen. And, and I don't know about, I mean, we'll, we'll get on to Willie Adamas in a minute because that's obviously the, the positive to all this is he's been just amazing on so many different levels. But, yeah, I think it's really exposed our pen and we have, we've struggled sometimes. Yeah, but yeah, because JP had set himself up to be the uh, the seventh inning guy, hadn't he? And yes, so very Williams, much, yeah. And yeah. Williams was coming in in the eighth and Hader was closing out, you know, and, and that had become routine. And then all of a sudden we'd lost that seventh inning guy. Um, and Williams, I mean, Williams has had his struggles this year, so he's not been the Devon Williams that we had of 2020. Um, and, and whilst the airbender is still there, it's not 
as potent as it was last year. And um, credit to the batters, you know, they're, they're aware of it now. It's not so much of a surprise um, and they're, they're kind of working them out a little bit. But, you know, even so, we, we were expecting Williams and Hayder, that, that combination, to be able to close out games without even thinking about it. Um, but, yeah, I think that the trade of JP then meant that we, you know, we were looking at Yardley and, um, I mean, obviously Trevor Richards uh, and, and Brent Suter coming in in the seventh inning. And it mm. didn't look as comfortable, did it? And, and no. that showed no. a little bit. And, um, yeah, so we, we've had to adjust. But that being said, you know, we haven't done too bad. We don't seem to give away too many runs, but, you know, they, they just seem to expose a little bit. Actually, maybe the, the bullpen wasn't as, as deep as we were thinking it was. Yeah, I think you're, you're right. I mean, this year, the refreshing thing on the pitching front has been that our, our rotation, as they've gone deep into a lot of games. Um, they've given us lots of really good starts. Um, in recent history, it's been maybe not so good at the starting and the pens come in and done a great job. Um, this It's kind of a bit of a switch around this season, I think, in that uh, our rotations, you know, there's been a few exceptions, of course, but generally our rotation's been solid, as well as, as obviously Woody and Corbin. Freddie's been awesome. And our pens struggled a little bit. Um, and, and it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit concerning. But I think we, we took a bit of a punt, didn't we? Um, we... There's obviously some uh, around the, around the whole shortstop position when Orlando was traded and Lewis and uh, you know Lewis was coming in to do a job for us. Um, clearly, they don't believe at the moment he's he's really the person to 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 be at shortstop. So they've traded two very very good arms there for Willie Adamas. And um, you know if we switch to the positives, he's been not only fantastic on the field. I mean his his athleticism is up there with Colton Wong, isn't it? He's absolutely superb. But just this whole Tigers clause things everyone's doing, the whole high fiving, taking the hat off people when they hit a home run. This, yeah. you know, I describe him as a club player as well as a you know a great baseball player. He's a real clubman, and he really seems to have almost single handedly lifted lifted the players out of uh, what was a bit of a doldrum period at the time. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, definitely the the club atmosphere seems to be a lot better doesn't it and um, and i think the stats showed um you know since we've signed him uh, have we uh, we've won about three quarters of the games he's played in haven't we so um you know he's definitely um He's definitely improved something, the feel-good factor. I mean, we, we were fairly steady with the, with the defence anyway, with Colton Wong. Um, I mean, I know Lewis Arias had uh, a few issues, gave away a few errors, but mm. generally has been OK. Um, yes. He's looked better since Adamas has come in and taken the shortstop. And then Arias has... Uh, Actually, become more of a lead-off batter than than a than a <laughs> defender, hasn't he? So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's, it's done Urias a favour as well. I think taking some of the pressure off of him, and he's able to platoon in in the third base um, shortstop area, um, and and yeah, he's he's been able to concentrate on on things that he knows that he he isn't so good at, and uh, and get on with with actually hitting the ball. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, Colton at second, Lewis at third, obviously with with, with Travis Shaw being on the 60-day injury list now. Um, Lewis at third and, and William Adames at shortstop. I mean, I think it's working well. Um, yeah. we look, we, we've looked solid most of the season anyway in those areas. I mean, Travis was good at the start of the season, went a bit cold. Now he's had that shoulder injury. 
he's going to be out for a while. Um, yeah. And as you say, maybe uh, maybe Lewis will fit naturally better into that third that third yeah, base and, slot. And um, I think also one other person seems to have really stepped up as well recently, and that's Daniel Vogelbeck at first base. Yeah. I mean, when we spoke last time, I said I, I was worried for his future at the Brewers, and and since I said that, he seems to have come on leaps and bounds. So so who who do we want to pick up now? So uh, should, should <laughs> I should I say that I'm worried for Travis Shaw's future and hope that when he comes back from the 60 day yeah. IL, he's he's hitting home run after home run after home run. <laughs> Let's let's be concerned about Christian Yelich's future. Let's let's get his OPS up a little bit. Um, so, so we'll be yeah, concerned I mean, about I mean, future and not buy a shirt. <laughs> well, yeah, absolutely. Don't buy a shirt, whatever you do. Yeah, I mean Willie Adamas. When you look at the numbers in isolation, he's he's just solid. You know, he's on OPS seven forty eight and he's hitting a two fifty three uh, average uh, since joining the Brewers. So he's pretty solid. But it's just what he brings to, to the club and to the field, and it's just you can just feel the energy, can't you? When you when when the Brewers are playing, when he's out there, um, he's almost like a cheerleader. You know, I remember when I was when I was moaning on Twitter when, when we we traded uh, JP and stuff, and I was um, and people were saying, well, yeah, but Willie Adamas is really good, and I'm like, I, I know he's, I know we'd, obviously we'd heard of him before. Yeah, I know he's really good, but it it didn't really take the edge off for me. But now we're kind of over the whole JP thing. Um, but I'm loving watching him play, uh, pitch well for Tampa, by the way. It's fantastic. Uh, you know, you're looking at the cold lot of day, and you go, well, Richards has actually put in a couple of decent performances for us, I think. Um, he yeah, looks yeah. like he's, you know, he's no mug with the ball. And with the Darmis as well. Well, you know, people go on about who won the trade, don't they? And you hear this a lot. Who, who won that trade? This one, you know, I think I think both clubs have obviously um, benefited from, from this trade and hopefully... Uh, you know, Adamus will carry on and Richards will embed himself and be a solid arm in that pen for us because we do need a couple of solid arms in that pen, don't we? Yeah, definitely. And and he had a really good outing, didn't he, the other night where he came mm. in, in with bases loaded and nobody out and he actually ended up... Did he actually strike out three to, to get out of that inning without giving away a run? Yeah, yes, and then he came did, out um, for a second inning. And I can't remember when it was. I think it yeah, was the last Corbin game, left, it? I think Corbin left them loaded, didn't he? Yeah. yeah and then and he struck out three. Yeah, he did, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So he's he's shown some value, and he's shown that he can do it, and he's he's mm. done multiple innings. So um, you know there is there is some promise there. So um, you know I, I'm not too unhappy that he's he's come over. But yeah, like you say, I think we both both teams filled a gap, didn't they, with that trade? Um, mm. Yeah. I mean, obviously we could we could be lights out with the bullpen for as as long as we like all season, but our biggest problem was we weren't getting runs. So. It didn't matter if we were if we were blanking with the pitching, we weren't scoring. So Adamus, I think, has bucked that trend a little bit and helped with the um, with the run scoring. So um, so yeah, it was a plug a gap plugger, um, but actually he looks like a really really good shortstop. Yeah, and yeah, okay, I was sad to see Orlando Arcia go because obviously he was one of our better players last year, but actually he. he eclipses Arcia doesn't he if you look at his, the way he plays and and the stats that he's, he's bringing up a cut above Arcia I think and it, is, it was definitely an upgrade for us at shortstop oh without doubt yeah without doubt and you know what's on the subject of you know of, of pitching in generally how good have our main our main three arms been out of the in the rotation this year Freddie Freddie stepped up for me this year yeah. um in the way that I hoped he would have you know last year and it didn't quite work out for him but he's been fantastic this year. Really, think, really superb. I think he's been the 
the best arm out of the starting rotation, or more more the biggest surprise for me out of the starting rotation. Because I mean, we expected Burns and Woodruff to be all right. Um, we expected Anderson to do what he does, which is get them to play the balls, you know, and and get the ground outs and stuff like that. So so we mm. we knew we had three good starters. Uh, Peralta was the the gamble wasn't he? I mean, he was known as Fastball Freddy, but he definitely isn't Fastball Freddy anymore, is he? He's got uh, three or four pitches now that he's using. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure of the pitch mix, but I know that um, he kind of he uses this change up very, very sparingly. But when he does pitch it, it always seems to catch the batter unaware. They don't. Yeah, I yeah. think he only uses it around 10 or 15 percent of the time. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he's he's got in the same way that Josh Hader did. They've is is expanded his repertoire of pitches. He's sitting at um, a six and two at the moment, six wins and two losses. So he's one of the one of the pitchers heir of the rotation who hasn't been offered some offensive support when he's been out there. Unlike maybe one or two of the others. Um, <laughs> I mean, Corbin's still sitting at three and four, and he's probably licking his wounds a little bit. But yeah, um, yeah. yeah. but I think we know the reasons for that. Um, yeah, Freddie's uh, sitting on a two twenty eight ERA um, from seventy five innings pitched. So I mean. Really, really solid numbers. 104 Ks as well. So he leads the Brewers um, in terms of strikeouts. He has two more than both Woody and Corbin, uh, and Corbin Burns. That yeah. statistic in itself as well. I mean, we've got three three pitchers or three of our starting rotation that are only, what are we, 60-something-odd games into the season that have already got 100 strikeouts. Yeah, 300 <laughs> between the three of them. I mean, that's yeah. pretty impressive, isn't it? Exactly. It'll be 70 odd games into the season, though, something like uh, that. Um, exactly 70, 38 and 32 now after last night's game. So, yeah, exactly 70 in. So, yeah, yeah I mean, that's that's what we got 92 games left. Is that right? Yeah. Something like that. Your maths yeah. is far better than mine, mate. Uh, it, only when I'm working. When I'm when I'm out of work, <laughs> and I don't yeah, have a spreadsheet yeah. in front of me, done. <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, but- we, we're 92 games left of the season and you know they're, they're talking about numbers that, that a lot of pitchers would would have at the end of a season so you know if if they maintain their health then uh, oh, i can't wait to see what their final season um figures are going to yeah. be yeah it's exciting um but i'm just loving what you know last year when he went out there a little bit nervous this year don't have that nervousness, and obviously those yeah. stats say why it, it backs it up. I mean, there's, there is a drop, obviously, away from those three. Then when you go to um, likes of uh, Hauser and Brett Anderson, um, who, by the way, the other night gave us was it seven seven innings with one hit. Um, but he's <laughs> uh, we know he's a ground ball pitcher, but he's he's been okay. But when, when yeah. you look at their in terms of aggression, you know he's sitting at 30 Ks, Anderson, but you wouldn't expect many. We know he's a ground ball pitcher, so yeah, yeah. that's that's in line with what you'd expect from him. And Adrian Hauser, who again has struggled, he's at 54 Ks again. He's not really that that sort of uh, that killer pitcher, is he? And he's been he's been interesting to watch this year. I think Adrian Hauser. Um, he's got four wins and five losses to his name. Occasionally he's been superb, and yeah. at other times he's looked absolutely lost. So. He's a little bit of a polarising pitcher for me. He's, um, you know, I often I often tweet when he's on the mound. You know, let's hope we get the good Hauser tonight. Yeah, um, he doesn't yeah. seem to have a an average game. He seems to have a very good game um, or a pretty, you know, a really poor game. So he's don't know what it's going on with him really, but he really needs to be able to um, to tune into that that good Adrian Hauser a lot more often than yeah, I think yeah. he is at the moment. Yeah, so he, I mean, he seems to be what what Freddie was last year, didn't he? That inconsistency. Yeah, 
shows shows the flashes and then all of a sudden it goes a bit wrong and he, he can't seem to pick it back up again so yeah i mean yeah we, we can't complain can we i mean we, we've got three three really good starting arms we've got two solid backups um as, mm. a, as a fourth and fifth and then um obviously we're playing around with the sixth starter at the moment aren't we because we've got the the long road stretch or, or not the road stretch but we've got the long game stretch without a day off so obviously we're going to have to utilize uh lauer um and i'm guessing that we probably will have to uh look at suitor doing a uh a, a short stint start at some point in a bullpen game if uh yeah if we get mm. some injuries down the line or, or some people need a rest. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, the, the top three, definitely exciting. The top five is, is good in, in any team. I suppose we, we would be happy with any team. If, if any team had that top five, they'd be thinking that they could win more games than they're going to lose. Um, and yeah, it's, it's just the same old story, isn't it? The pitching, we've got nothing to complain about. I mean, there's always going to be those little blips. I mean, like we had um, mm. Woody, not last night, the night before, wasn't it? It was Woodruff um, gave away uh, a sloppy first inning. But, you know, after that, we were fairly solid again. And just, as always, our bats didn't ignite. And uh, we were chasing a five-run five run, five run <laughs> um, sort of deficit that we just weren't able to get back. So, um, yeah, it's... It's bizarre, isn't it? Because for so long, we've always been about hitting and, and getting the runs. And all of a sudden, we're completely flipped on our back. And we're, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're lights out with our pitching and just cannot seem to get the bats going at all. So um, yeah, yeah, but I mean, you, you say that. I mean, we're recording this just after we've, we've lost the second game in this series uh, to the Rockies. We lost in extras last night, which was disappointing. But we had a, you know, we had a streak of nine and one uh, after we swept the, the Pirates. And us and the Cubs really starting to break away. St. Louis have been struggling. The Reds were struggling too. The Pirates yep. just doing what Pirates do. And uh, yeah, us and the Cubs really starting to break away. Five or six games ahead of the uh, of St. Louis, uh, which was was great to see. But then we've hit a little bit of a, a of a an ice patch now. We was we got swept by the Reds, uh, which was was pretty painful really. Certainly because two of those were two one losses and could have yeah. could have gone either way. And now we're, we've lost the first two in a, in a four-game stretch in Colorado. So a little bit of, a, of an icy patch we've hit. But um, at 38-32, you know, uh, we're still in a, a good place. And the whole of the NL Central at the moment is struggling. I mean, last night, the Cubs, the Reds, us and St. Louis all lost. The only team that won with the Pirates. <laughs> um, so, it's you know, it's a typical NL, um, NL Central, isn't it? It's going to be tight again. Yeah. I think the concerning thing is, because of the... Um, win-loss ratios of most of the clubs. It, at the moment, it seems pretty unlikely that we're, that second will get a, a postseason berth. Yeah, that's the, that's the shame, isn't it? But um, but then, I mean, I'm just looking at the standings now. I mean, we're a game behind the Cubs, so so realistically, there's there's uh, four teams in for the central at the moment. They're, of of the five teams in the division, St. Louis have a 500 record, and then obviously Cincinnati, uh, us, and the Cubs are all above 500. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the East, I mean, the Mets are winning that with a, a, a 5-6-5, but everybody else is below 500. And yeah. then you go to the West, you've got. I mean, West is insane, where, isn't it? Where, where the Giants have come from this year, I don't know, but they're they're mm-hmm. top in the division with a 6.43, and then you've got the Dodgers with a 6.09, and you expect the Dodgers to be around about that. But I mean, everybody that was was giving San Diego a um, you know kind of pretty much a free pass to the postseason are struggling in third spot with a with a 5.56, you know, and mm-hmm. 
it, it, that's a really, really bizarre division, isn't it? And what what I've noticed as well is that the central teams have been taking games off of the teams in the West. I mean, bar bar the last two games in Colorado. I mean, we swept mm. the, we swept we swept the Pirates, didn't we? And uh, you know, and then we we. The we swept the Padres, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, as I say, Pirates. So yeah. we swept the Padres, and yeah. then obviously when we played them again, as we we won the series. So I think out of the seven games, we won five and lost two. Um, mm-hmm. We beat the Diamondbacks in a series. I mean, yeah, okay, we're losing two two nil at the moment to the Rockies. But actually, as we were we were discussing just before we started recording, the Colorado Rockies at home have got the best home record in in the majors so you know their their current record of 30 and 41 they've actually got a 25 and 14 home record so their away record is appalling but i mean does does the mile high factor into that you know the playing at altitude does that factor into away teams coming to to colorado so you know maybe maybe they do get more of a home advantage because they just know how that that grand plays you know the altitude and the uh etc um but i suppose you could also argue that it should be conversely just as easy for the away team to hit hit long as well shouldn't it yeah you think so but it's whether mm. they do the uh, the training at altitude as well isn't it? Mm. That obviously that would obviously yeah. affect your um your capacity uh to to be able to to kind of be elite i suppose he's <laughs> pretty impressive and would say that the, the, you know there's something in, in the ground isn't there i know there are stats out there that, that neutralize the effect of playing at, uh, at, a, at a particular ground that would you know maybe uh, an interesting read but for a team to be playing pretty poorly and uh, to have a good that you know that home record that they've got it certainly would indicate it's more than just a fluke you would think that there is something in what you're saying in there uh, as you say maybe um, you know, training at altitude, as you say, is having a massive, uh, a massive effect on them. But you know, um, it's just disappointing. And we certainly don't expect, even playing at, at, at the Rocks, playing in Denver, we don't really expect teams like that to put us to the sword, really. And okay, we lost in extras last night. They didn't, they didn't hammer us. But you know, it's just disappointing at the moment that we've lost a little bit of our mojo. But you know, as statisticians would say, this is just common cause variation. Nothing's happened. There's no step change. You know. It's not that we're suddenly a, a terrible team. It's just variation that happens throughout a 160-game season. It's a long old season, mate. It, yeah, it definitely is. And yeah, we're we're 70 games into it now, aren't we? We're just coming up to the All-Star break. Yeah. Once the All-Star break's over and done with, then uh, obviously we're we're the home stretch. And as long as we're in contention, so you know we're we're one or two games behind if we're not at the top. We've got every every. Um, right to say that we're challenging for the division um, and you know and and the Cubs are going through the same thing as well aren't they I mean when we were going through our winning spell they were going through a winning spell now we both seem to have hit a, a losing spell at the same time as well don't we so uh, mm-hmm. you know we've had pretty much a week of, of both of us losing and tying the top of the division and yeah last night was the first time that the Cubs actually managed to get the win whilst we lost so uh, they, they now hold the record on their own rather than us tying it with them but yeah, mm. we've we've still got plenty of games to play against the Cubs and the Reds and and St Louis, so we the the division is still well in our hands at the moment. And uh, yeah, it's 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 an interesting season. It's a it's a much different season to last year, isn't it? Because this time last year the season was over. We were in the yeah. season now. So. You know what? I thought that the other day I was watching a game. And we were I don't know. We played about sixty three or sixty four games, and I thought, blimey, last year the season was done by now. We were yeah, yeah. into we we're into post season. So thirty eight, thirty two. A good season, ups and downs, thoroughly enjoying it in the way that we knew we would. Let's have a little chat about the offence. 
who in particular have you enjoyed watching at the plate this season, mate? Um, well, Adonis has been pretty good. I, I quite enjoyed him. Um, he seems to get bat on ball quite a lot. Um, and, and Vogelback seems to have suddenly popped up since I uh, said about his his yeah. failings last time. So You are uh, his coach. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, it's good. I, I'm enjoying him. You know, he seems to be uh, doing something. Yeah, you know, like you say, the, he seems to be getting on base a lot. We're seeing the cat well, claws now coming out. Hits, 34 hits from 182 plate appearances and 22 runs, uh, 15 RBI. He's 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 returning some numbers at the moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let's, let's hope that he continues with that. And um, you know, and yeah, that, those kind of pieces. Um, Yelich is starting to get a little bit of form back as well, isn't he? Uh, he's starting to hit the ball hard. Um, mm. I know he had uh, an unfortunate last night, didn't he, where he, he managed to hit it straight into the shortstop, and <laughs> yeah. it was a bit of a oh. Ah, oh, damn it! <laughs> you know. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he, he's starting to get form. Um, the one that I I would like to see step up a little bit is uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, excellent defensive player. Really, you know, mm. I can see why he's being picked, but yeah, he really he's just not having any luck with the bat, is he? You know, when he makes contact, it seems to go straight to a fielder, or yeah. he's striking out, or he's you know. So he's a uh, frustration, isn't he? I mean, yeah. you're right. I mean, he came to us. He's a he's a gold glove outfielder he's, his, his drs is plus five this season so he's he's absolutely nailing it with the glove you know he's superb yeah. but um about an average of 152 ops of less than 500 it's um yeah. and he strikes out a lot it's not it's not just that he's unlucky you know no. um you know on another field that would have gone for a homer for instance he's striking out a lot of the play he's just missing yeah, yeah. the ball He's a real frustration. I don't know what he is. He just has struggled a little bit with that bat. But, um, defensively, he's an absolute pleasure to watch. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and he'd be a natural, you know, if Locaine retires at the end of the season, he'd be a natural, you know, Locaine, wouldn't he? He's, he's, he's that kind of player. Yeah, yeah exactly, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think he could plug that gap until until we get Garrett Mitchell out on the, on the field in the next couple of years. Yeah, it could be a yeah. couple of years away, couldn't he? Well, another thing, I mean, you mentioned uh, Danny Vogel back then. Oh, we love Danny Vogel back on this show, don't we? He's, he's great. But one of the other, I've mentioned a few times about his plate discipline. I think um, I think he has got great plate discipline. Yeah, yeah, he has, yeah. And um, he's he's drawn the second most walks. So he's drawn 26 walks this year, um, which is only two behind the leader, which is um, Luis Arias, who's drawn 28, believe it or not. Um, but he gets on base, does Dan? If he doesn't yeah. hit it, walks. Um, it does. And he, and he runs like a steam train as well, doesn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what? Did you see that game? Was he at first? And yeah, he ended up running in. First. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, everyone's saying Danny's got wheels and stuff. Yeah, but oh. when the third base coach is giving the old arm to say, go on, all the way around, you can see in his face, he was like, no. How you get? There better be a point for me at the end. <laughs> but quality, uh, really, yeah, really good. I'll tell you, the, the person I've really enjoyed this year um, and... He's very, very rarely let us down at the play. He's been Avisal Garcia. Yeah. He's he's playing for me like that ten million dollars a year player at the oh, moment. Yeah, he, we said at the start of the year, didn't we, Mark, that he's lost a lot, he lost a fair bit of weight. He looks mean. He looks fit, and he really seems to have his head in the game at the moment. Um, I, I predicted at the start of the season that he would be our RBI leader at the end of the season. He's currently top. Uh, he's thirty eight so far. Uh, and that is 11 more RBIs or runs batted in than anybody else in the team. He's looked offensive. He's got a 751 OPS. His slugging's at 444, which is, which is the best in the team. Um, yeah. He's just looked solid. And 13 homers, which is six more than anybody else 
yeah. he's just looked really good at the plate. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely stepped up this year, um, which is good to see because last year was everybody expected a lot from him, didn't they? And and he didn't really deliver. Um, and it seems to be coming good this year. Yeah, I'm I'm pleased that he's he's showing that worth. Um, and mm. the, the other one that's that's also stepped up this year that we've, we're not saying an awful lot about is um, Navias as well. I mean, yeah. he's looked pretty good mm. um, with the bat as, as well as with, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, with the bat as well as with the glove. You know. It, by far our top catcher at the moment, um, by a long way, you know, Pena, who, who is the second, um, who, you know, obviously we, we had the discussion, do we, do we use Pena for the, for the defense or Navias for the, uh, the offense? Um, at the moment you do use Navias for both. Um, Pena's, Pena's, I mean, he come back from an injury, didn't he? So he's, he's not really got his back going since he came back, but, um, yeah, just Navias. Yeah. You can't compare them at the moment. No, exactly. As you know, I'm, you know we've had this chat a lot quite often. I know that you you were angling towards Omar Navias. I was angling towards Manny, but at the moment, mate, hats off. You, Omar's the player, isn't he? Yeah. Um, you know he's sitting at 898 OPS, which is again the best in the team. He's he, the the throw out to second base. He looks, you know, he looks better, much more accurate, much more agile. Again, he seems someone who's suddenly found his feet in the team. Definitely. But again, I mean, he's, he's even coming in, in a pinch hitting role sometimes. He's he's just um, yeah, he's been he's been quality at the plate this year. Uh, somebody else who's who's really stepped it up for us. So let's have a little chat about Christian. Great to have him back in the team. He's been yep. hot and cold. He's been up and down. Um, what have you made of him so far? I, he's starting to look his old self a little bit more now, isn't he? Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's still not he's still not firing on all cylinders yet. But um, yeah, there's there's promise there that we're going to start seeing a bit more 2018, 2019 Yelich, um, sort of the back end of the season. Um, yeah. I think he's he started a little bit too late to um, maybe looking at going to the All Star game now. I don't think he's going to get there. But um, yeah, yeah, there is hope there. I think um, he's starting to settle in, and and it helps that the rest of the team are starting to back him up a little bit. Whereas I think beforehand he was the main man, wasn't he? And we were expecting him to to lead the team. I think everybody else is picking him up now, which is helping him. So um, yeah, mm. he's, he's doing all right. I mean, yeah, he's only had three home runs this year so far isn't he from 117 at bats yeah um, but I, th- I think that yeah he'll, he'll definitely make double figures before the end of the season you, you would hope that that would be nearer to 20 going on uh, how he's been so far this year certainly not going to be the the 40 that uh, that we had a couple of years ago is it but um yeah to be no. honest he just needs to to concentrate on his game and and doing what he does best and, and getting those afterburners to, to work when he when he hits the ball hard and get him out to second and third base quickly um because that's when he's the most effective really isn't it yeah he's he's struggled i mean he's batting average sits just under 250 at the moment 16 rbis he's drawn 30 walks again which is you know he, he what he does a lot which is great to see five stolen bases as well so him and Colton Wong are both leading with five in terms of stolen bases. So there's, there's yeah, there's definitely signs there that he's he's sort of on his way back. Um, and even when he looks like he's really struggling, when you look at his figures, they never seem to take an absolute nosedive. He's still at 787 OPS. So I think we're just so used to him having a thousand plus that yeah. um, anything yeah, less exactly. than that yeah. is uh, he's deemed a failure, isn't it? And it's it's tough. Yeah, exactly. It's tough for the bloke 
Yeah, yeah, but also, I mean, to be honest, it, it, he's another player that's also had had until recently really, really good plate discipline, and he's he's managed to draw walks even when he's not been having good at bats in a lot of situations. So, you know, there's always that chance with him, and and as we know, he can put the afterburners on if he gets on base. So, yeah, the fact that he's always been able to get on base even when he maybe his bat hasn't been working so well, um, and maybe he needs to go back to the ivory bat again. Um, every now and then just to, to reignite his uh, bat um, I think I think the promise is there I, I think I think he really struggled last year because of you know the expectancy of him and Keston Hera to be the, the the team leaders as such with the, with the bat um, and obviously we, we know the situation with Hera and he's back down with, with the AAA Nashville at the moment Luckily, we're not relying solely on Yelich now. So Yelich can concentrate on Yelich rather than thinking I've got to carry a team through this. Um, yeah. mm. and, and and I think that's that puts us in a good stead. So, you know, we're, we're there or thereabouts coming up to the All-Star break and we haven't been an, an electric team. We've been a good team. We haven't been an electric team. And if we can just get those last couple of cogs going after the All-Star break, then, you know, watch out people because we, we'll be in with a shout, really, I think. Yeah, I think so, yeah. And um, I know we're flipping around a little bit here, but just, just I wanted a special mention from my, my mate Josh Hader. Um, really <laughs> has been pretty awesome this year. Seven, 17 saves, no-blown saves. Yeah, I was going to um, say 17 in, from 17, isn't he? Yeah, yeah in 27.2 innings pitched, ERI of 0.65. I could go on with the stats, but just massive confidence now. Whenever he goes out there to close a game, he's going to do the job. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, and we've said it before, haven't we? That actually he looks like he's in the best form of his life at the moment. Mm. Absolutely destroying everybody that comes up, you know. And even even if he does walk somebody every now and then, you still know that the next bloke's going down and the next bloke's going down. So it's, it's, yeah. you kind of don't have that nervousness. Whereas I think last year, if he walked somebody the nerves came in a little bit didn't they and you suddenly thought oh no he's not on it today but yeah. this year he seems to be able to just step away from from making a mistake refocus go back in and then and then hit the killer punch again so um yeah i mean he's he's far in front of anybody else in the team isn't he 17 saves and you've got boxberger with two and rasmussen with one and and obviously rasmussen doesn't even doesn't even play for us anymore so yeah. um yeah yeah it's, it's you look at his stats as well mate he's 48 k's in 27 innings pitched He's just, yeah. you know, he's just flying through like a hot knife through butter, mate. Yeah, uh, great to see. He's, he's not the uh, the league le- uh, or the the majors leader, is he? On saves though, that's the, <laughs> the annoying thing. I'm not actually sure. If, I don't know. Yeah, so I think he's he's currently joint fourth with uh, Kay Janssen from the Dodgers and mm. A A Reyes from the Cardinals. So you've got um, Hendricks from the White Sox, who's got 18 saves, and then you've got um, Kim Rule uh, at the Cubs and and Melancon at the Padres, both on 19. So mm. yeah, even though he's been so electric, he's still not top, which is yeah. uh, which is yeah. a bit of a surprise, really. But I mean, fair play to uh, to Kim Rule. And his, but uh, I don't think, the, yeah. Again, the thing with the closer like him, the team have to put themselves in a position for him to come in and do his job. And as he, yeah. the interesting, I mean, the, the other guys might have more more saves, but they've been would have been definitely been given more opportunities to save. Yeah. And that's yeah, that's the difference, that, yeah. isn't it? So it's I, I've got to say, Kimbrell <laughs> has been excellent this year. He really has yeah. been good. So uh, yeah. yeah, hats off to him. But you know what? The, but I think the point is, if we give JH an opportunity, he's going to grab it. And I could see. 
you know, if we get a lot more close games, I can see him uh, getting a lot more saves, and he's just been different level. I've always yeah. found him an amazing pitcher, but this year he seems to have stepped it up even higher. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, so, definitely. yeah, and excited still, to see where he's going to go. Do you still think he's part of the trade talks? Do you think there's there's uh, he's going to be traded at any point, or is do we have him for life and everybody else is just going to have to get over it? <laughs> it's It's difficult because... Whenever you've got a player who is a superstar like he is, they're always going to be trade talks. There's always going to be rumours. And the big clubs are always going to be sniffing around. So do I think he'll be a brewer for life? No, probably not. I think at some point there probably will be some trade that we just can't turn down. Uh, and, and, you know, in Stearns we trust, so he'd have to take it on the chin. But will he be traded in the short term? I hope not. I really hope not. But again, he, he was already in the shop window for a lot of the bigger clubs. Now, after this season, again, there'll be a lot more interest in him. Uh, so yeah. I don't know. I can't see him finishing his career with us, but um, it'd be great if he did. Yeah. I think, oh, yeah, yeah, I think at some yeah. point we'd probably cash in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just it's getting that balance right, isn't it? Of, of cashing in on his value um, and and having him do enough for the team. Because you know the whole time we've got him in the team, and the whole time we're able to get a one one or two run lead, you know Hader's coming out, and this game's getting closed out. So, yeah. and and wins are just as important as us getting in, you know, three or four bullpen arms for for Hader being traded. I would say yeah. at the moment, you know, it's yeah. similar sort of situation to to um, in the Premier League when you've got a really really decent player, and the bigger clubs are sniffing around. You're like, I could take thirty million for him. Or I could keep him and try and stay in the Premier League, which will give me more money in the in the long run. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's kind of getting that balancing out. And like you say, in Stones we trust. Um, but yeah, I'm excited by Hader at the moment. I'm really enjoying watching him, particularly when he comes out most seasons. And I don't know if you saw, um, there was a guy on Twitter the other day he sent me a tweet. He was at the game on Sunday night when he closed out um, against uh, was it the Pirates? Right, can't remember. But yeah, he sent me a video from his seat in the stand of uh, of the the final pitch, the final strike, <laughs> which is quite cool. It's good that the you know the the Twitter interaction is still there and people still think of us when when they're watching games and stuff like that. Because as I, say, I know, particularly myself, I've been a bit quieter recently. Okay, so that was just a quick recap on the season so far, mate. Both having a great time, as you say. The Twitter interaction is is excellent as ever. Great to see the the Brewers fans back in the stands, taking the pictures yep. of the food and the beer and the mascot races and their families, and just sitting out there in the Wisconsin sunshine, enjoying baseball at the Amfam Clam. Just great to see, mate. Really heartwarming, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously, yeah, no. I'm a bit envious now because it was February 2020, the last time I went to a live sporting event, and I'm probably going to have to wait until August till I can go to my next one. And uh, yeah, I really, you know, I'm watching games and just wishing I was there. Six games above 500, so we are in a good position, a very good position. And we know the league will go to the wire. So uh, yeah, let's not get too downhearted out there, guys, when, when we're on these. Uh, these pack- I'm, I'm predicting we're going to beat the Rockies heavily tonight. There you go. You can yeah. take that to the bank. Yeah, now um, back. <laughs> yeah, we need something. So nice to arrest that little uh, slump after that, you know, that that great run we went on uh, for a while. But look, we're in contention and we're going to be there all season. I said at the start of the year, I thought we were the best team in the league. I still think we're the best team in the league. Um, whether people think I'm viewing that through Brewers tinted glasses, um, I'll let them decide. But um, no, we're going to be there at the end, mate. And I'm still predicting we're going to get through to postseason. 
So, uh, yeah, let's yeah. keep the positivity guys on Twitter. Let's uh, let's support each other. And uh, until we see you next time, keep yourself safe. Keep sending those pictures on Twitter. That's fantastic to see everyone out there again with their families enjoying the baseball, having a beer and enjoying the sun. Mark, been a pleasure talking to you, my friend, as yeah, ever. Yeah, it's been a while. So, yeah, it's just been good to catch up again. It has indeed. And uh, to the rest of you, thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. And uh, go Brewers! Go Brewers!